Glitter. RPG a day. Take over. So, stack. I want to actually talk to you a little about how amazing using a stack of cards that were loosely based on tarot cards worked out in a recent game session. If if you've listened to the episode where I uh, introduced you all to the Polly's Angels players, then you've heard about this crew. It all started when I decided to find a Christmas one-shot way back when. I found a game called In the Black Midwinter on DriveThruRPG. It came with a resource PDF called The Deck of Merry Things, a play on both the Deck of Many Things and the tarot deck that's found in Curse of Strahd. And of course I printed the cards, backs and faces out and sellotaped them into place around an old deck of playing cards that I had because... I love props. Um, when I played that one shot officially, we had a blast with them. And I'm not going to tell you much about that because I will be talking enough. And I think I've already talked about it. And I think you should just go buy it for yourself. So that is in the black midwinter. It's amazing. What I am going to tell you about is how at a recent game session, I decided that there was going to be a fortune teller at the fair that I had put on for them and pulled these out. I did a little research. I found the proper way to shuffle and mix the cards and then let them cut the cards and do a three-card pull from left to right for past, present, and future fortunes. Um, I let my players decide, like, who was visiting or signing up for what at the fair. They had three choices. There were all sorts of, like, tawnies and fun stuff to do. And it turned out that everybody wanted to visit this tent. So I made them think about their characters as they cut and pulled the cards and then used the descriptions of the cards from the one shot to describe their fortunes. And folks, they were so spooky, I kind of freaked myself out a little bit. (laughs) Polly's Angels, if you're listening, I know you were there, but skip ahead a little bit, my lovelies. There may be potential spoilers ahead and I don't want you to muck that up for yourself. Okay, thanks. So a few memorable pulls were... The warlock who has made a deal that he doesn't remember, involving his love that he also doesn't remember, pulled the card of Ghosts for His Past, also known as the Damned, and it speaks a lot about ignorance. So I had the woman turn on him and say, Do you know what you have done? You fool! You have damned yourself and her! And the whole table, including him, went white and silent i can't remember what his present was but he was given the star for his future um which is supposed to be about hope and she said to him you must follow the light where it takes you you know this light and genuinely i had no idea what i was talking about but he just pointed to his finger where i had just given his character a fun new magic ring that glowed and gave him an advantage to hit with eldritch blast once a day currently um i may change that later but it's kind of an in joke at the moment because his roles for eldritch blast are always horrible so it's kind of a fun thing um and so he just said this and i was like huh and i just made her nod and say yes follow where it leads he is now in character questioning the book that he owns as to what he did to get it and wondering why his old ring now glows with new light which is fun and creates new stories the fighter who has a past that she is trying to 
like find who burned down her village, but she just hasn't done anything about it in months, mainly because we started a campaign. And, you know, when people are new to campaigns and stuff, they just follow where the campaign is. They aren't super worried about their backstory, right? But for things like this, it definitely comes into play. So she pulled ruin for her past, which basically is a picture of a ruined village. And I said, she turns to you with such pity in her eyes. You have been through much, child. Lost much. A weaker person would have already been lost. And then she turned the idiot for her present, right? Which is someone having fun in the midst of disaster. And I had her eyes turn hard and cold as she said in a disgusted tone, But you do nothing. Does it mean nothing to you as you play in the sun? Did their lives mean nothing to you that you go on and forget them and do nothing to revenge them? Again, whole table shocked because this is a storyline dropped on them they've never seen before. And Erica, who plays that character, messaged me later that night with like a whole host of feelings that she had. She was like, I was just sitting there in the guilt, feeling sick about it. And now we're making a storyline to her to follow soon um, so that she can kind of start like tying some of that stuff in. And I'm working on tying some of that stuff in, which is awesome. Um, They were all good like this, all spookily on point. But I think the most intense was the character who was on a run from her past and hiding who she is from her friends, right? Um, She pulled a card with a picture of a figure in a mask and I just had, like, she was near the end and I was running out of, like, super great, uh, like, full admission. I was running out of, like, super cool, unique things to say and I just said, you can hide yourself from those around you but your past will catch you one day. And then just got her to turn the present card, which she got a gift for. And I just quickly said again, but you have been granted a great gift in this time you have now. Enjoy it. And then I paused and took a massive risk before she even flipped the next card and said, but beware for in your future lies. And then she turned the card ruin. I swear to God, we all stopped breathing. Um, She was like, what does this mean? And I just replied, the destruction of all you hold dear. And just let that sit. Holy shit. I have never had a session that felt so crazy powerful. They all just like connected to their characters, connected to their stories. Everyone was on tenderhooks and is now clambering to find out what their future means and holds and what to do about their present and just to reconnect with their characters. All from a random thought to include a stack of cards in the game. So am I magic or just a magical DM? Who knows? I'll leave you to decide. (laughs) Hey, it's me again. Just popping in to say, before I begin Kyra's story section, um, a couple of things. She should have leveled this episode, but this episode is already way too long, so I'm just going to flick it to next one. Um, And before I begin this story section, I wrote quite a lot um, today, and I already rolled another wisdom saving throw and a spell attack from two characters. I'm not going to tell you the results. I'm not going to tell you what the roles are. You'll just have to decide for yourself what the outcome of those roles was as you listen to Kyra's tale. Have fun. She found herself pulled along in his arms. He was chatting to her merrily. 
this green-skinned elven druid with purple eyes and strong arms. So the Sequoia, they need us, you see. They can't do it on their own. Where was the red-haired woman? She looked around for her, but she wasn't anywhere near. The heat helps them release their seeds, allows them to seed the next generation in the ground, in their natural habitat. What had happened? she asked herself. The last thing she remembered was looking into his eyes, so deep and beautiful. She glanced at him for another look, and realised he was waiting for her to acknowledge what he was saying. She quickly nodded. Yes, of course. And he nodded approval at her, and continued. Then there's a need for low-intensity assist to reduce the competition. You see, those that concede in the shade grow in the dark, and the dark is all they know. Sequoias need sunshine for the seedlings to flourish, and it's up to us to make sure they get it. Don't you think? And again, he looked to her. She nodded eagerly, though a little confused as to why he was telling her this. All druids knew about the way that trees grew. It was an almost instinctive understanding with the connection to the land. So, Kyra, you're a fighter for nature. I can tell that about you. Strong, like the sequoia. And he smiled at her. Which she returned easily. She was feisty when it came to her home, and that's why she couldn't believe the priestess. She would never endanger her home. He stopped and turned her to face him, holding her forearms tightly in his grasp and looking at her intently. So, Kyra the fighter, when someone threatens to take away your sunshine, your home, and encroaches on your ability to thrive naturally, don't you think that is not just right, but required to fight back? Kyra cocked her head quizzically at him. Danfern was his name. He had already told her that, but she had just forgotten for some reason. She tried to reply, to put her thoughts in order, but her head was fuzzy, and he was making good sense. She got as far as, well, when he took her hand gently in his, and intimately stroked her palm. She could feel the heat of his skin against hers, and she flushed as she looked at him, confusion clear in her eyes. He brushed the hair out of her face and bent to her ear and whispered, Trust me. She wavered for a moment as she felt something clambering in the back of her mind for attention, but she nodded against his cheek and closed her eyes. She felt him pull away and was disappointed. It must have shown on her face because she heard him say with an amused tone, Look at me, Kyra. She flushed again and opened her eyes to find his there again, that purple with those deep black flecks. The flecks seemed to swirl and move in a pool as she stared and she could hear him from somewhere far away say, Now concentrate. Feel the heat. She could still feel him stroking her palm and she focused on it while she watched the black flecks form a dark pool. Do you want it, Kyra? He asked her, her breath tickling her ear. Yes, she replied with no hesitation this time, as she watched the pool fill with silver sparks that looked like stars. Further away now, he said, That's right, Kyra. Connect with the desire. Connect with the fire. And she felt herself burn for him, 
Her hand was growing so hot, and the black in her mind was turning to red and orange, the flickers that reminded her of flames. But her hand was burning, and she frowned. She glanced down at her hand to see that it was on fire. She screamed and closed her fingers over the fire, trapping it within her fist. But she could still feel the dancing flames, and she pushed them away from her. The fire, now finding itself released, leapt to the ground and scorched a patch of grass at her feet. She could smell the death bloom of the grass that she had killed, and she thought she might go insane. There was a joyful laugh from behind her, and she spun to see Danfern giving her a round of applause. Well done, Kyra! There is indeed a heat inside of you, burning to get out. Maybe you'll even be able to learn to do this! And he spun on his heels and waved his hands in a circle over his head as he called out in Alvin the words for fire. She watched his fire burst forth in his hands and he shaped it into a sphere of fire that grew and grew. And as he moved his hands, the raging ball moved with it. She looked at him to see the flames reflected in his eyes. His muscles' arms flexed as he pulled them into his chest and then when a wild cry pushed them outwards with force, Kyra cried out as it flew past her like a blazing bullet and struck a large fir tree across from them. It caught with a roar as the fibre began to devour the branches. She turned back to Danfern with shock, pulsating in every fibre of her being. She saw him staring open-mouthed and he grinned at her a stray breeze coiled over his shoulders and she shivered suddenly despite the sunshine pouring down on them both her mind flashed back to the priestess standing in the temple shrine and home will come to fire it is you kyra you will it must be Suddenly, everything she had been through, the prophecy and losing her friends and her home and her fear that she was a murderer, finding the fire within herself and now the sight of her beloved forest in flames piled on top of her. The stack, the weight caused her to buckle at the knees and her vision to swim. And the last thing she heard as the world faded to black was the sound of the birds screaming as their home was consumed by a mindless, burning hunger. Thanks for joining me in this Jewels from NZ RPG A Day Takeover Special. I hope you're enjoying our improvised D&D 5e story. Tune in tomorrow for our next prompt. Thanks to my gems, KP, Bobby, Shell, Scott, Glenn, James and Jason. And a big thanks to everyone listening. I don't know if it was Aotearoa New Zealand or roleplay games that brought you here, but I'm super glad that you've stopped by. We'll be back to New Zealand episodes in September because August is for RPG. E nohora, ka kite ano. Goodbye and see you again soon. Mwah.